You're listening to the Rooted Feminine Podcast, the place for sovereign women who want to honor just how potent they truly are. I'm your host, Marissa Lawton, a former licensed psychotherapist turned sacred steward, and it's my mission to help women cultivate grounded relationships with their feminine energy and step more fully into their divinity. I walk alongside feminine seekers as they remember their magic, reconnect with ancient rhythms, and reclaim their divine power. By moving beyond patriarchal constructs and good girl conditioning, we are all able to co-create a life of spiritual intention. Each week, we will work to root spiritual concepts in the earth and in the body. You'll get a sense of what it's like to open yourself up to your mysticism like never before and you'll be inspired to walk the feminine path, pouring into yourself and the collective around you. From the way you make your money, to the way you trust your path, and the way you show up in the world, you really can embody your soul's truth. So keep listening and prepare to enter Temple Space. Hey sisters, let's be honest. There's a difference between your spiritual path being something you do and being who you are. We're all here listening today because we're craving the embodied power that is possible when we resurrect our relationship with ancient and sacred wisdom. But none of us is alone when we realize we have a lot of work to do, individually and collectively, in order to help the divine feminine truly rise. Truth is, there are generations worth of deconditioning and decolonizing work that needs to happen for goddess energy to feel safe enough to flourish and each of us has a different soul calling and dharmic purpose to help her do just that while this all sounds so magical it's not really that easy to step out of the systems and structures we've known all our lives even if our intuition is screaming at us to do so and we all could use a little guidance on how best to bravely step onto the feminine path this is why i made you an insightful quiz In nine grounded questions, you'll see exactly where you're at in your divine feminine journey and what could help you most as you root into your spiritual growth. It's super easy for you to take and it will give you incredible insight into awakening your magic and stepping into your power. Simply head on over to rootedfeminine.com slash quiz to take the first step in your rerouting journey. Hey sisters, welcome to episode 16 of the Rooted Feminine podcast. I'm really excited about our guest today, Lena Papadopoulos, because she introduces kind of a familiar spiritual tool in a new way, and that is astrology. Lena's perspective on astrology and the way that she uses it in her work with her clients is very different than what I'm used to and what you're probably used to. So if you are somebody who is using astrology as one of the tools on your own feminine journey, I think today's episode is going to be um, eye-opening for you as it was for me. And spoiler alert, Lena is going to be one of the presenters on my upcoming Sacred Living Summit. So this event is definitely a soul baby. I'm really, really excited to bring it to life for you. Starting on October 2nd, I am gathering more than 20. I think we're up to close to 30 now of some of the sacred women that I have met along my journey. Some of them are best, best dear friends of mine. And some of them are new friends like Lena here, but all of them are very sage and very wise women. And the idea of the Sacred Living Summit is for you to walk away with tips for everyday life, the everyday sacred. So how are we sacred in the grocery store? How are we sacred in the doctor's office? If we're having a fight with our partner, how are we doing that from a sacred place instead of an ego place? Um, Our kiddo acts up at school and we're called into the principal's office. How are we being sacred in those mundane moments? How are we bringing the magic into our everyday lives? Um, So again, you'll get to listen to Lena here on this episode, but if you want some more of her tips for sacred living every day, go ahead and register for that upcoming audio summit over at rootedfeminine.com slash sacred. 
All right. So now let's jump into the interview with Lena. Hey, sisters. Welcome into our next episode of Rooted Feminine. I am here with Lena Papadopoulos, who is going to offer us so much juicy wisdom. We're talking purpose. We're talking frameworks. So if you are someone who likes um, step-by-steps or think to know what to do, it sounds like we're going to get some good juicy stuff from Lena today around all of that. Um, so Lena, if you could uh, just give us a brief intro of like who you are, what you do, um, how you serve, what your purpose might be. And we'll just jump into conversation after that. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, I am Lena. I'm a purpose and leadership coach. And I also use astrology as a tool mm-hmm. in work, but I don't really identify as an astrologer. Yeah. Um, yeah, just because it's not really my primary focus, but it is, I think, really foundational to ways in right. which I serve. Um, and so, yeah, I really help people uncover their purpose, which in many ways is really uncovering their truth. Mm-hmm. But that's something I think we'll get a bit more yeah. into. Um, but yeah, I really, I think my intention sort of my mission in the world is to support people in returning to the truth of who they are um and in embracing and celebrating and loving that truth and expressing that truth in the world um and i really love to help people become really clear on what their gifts or superpowers are like what is their unique essence that mm. they have Um, so yeah, my work is really centered around that and helping people move through and navigate the different things that are really disconnecting them from that true essence. Yeah. I love that. There's so much good there. Let's dive into the first thread that I want to pull is this idea of astrology being a tool that you use, but not necessarily identifying as an astrologer. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the listeners will resonate with that. Like we may do some spellcraft, but we don't necessarily call ourselves witches, or we may do some, you know, meditation, but we're not necessarily calling ourselves mystics. So how is that for you to use a tool, uh, but not necessarily use the label? What comes up when you, when you work with astrology? Yeah. So I use it in a very specific focused way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's part of one of my offers soul sessions which mm-hmm. is a part offer but the first part is the birth chart consultation mm-hmm. and i approach the chart through the lens of evolutionary astrology which mm-hmm. presumes that our souls on a are on a journey of evolutionary development and with each lifetime there are particular sort of lessons um, or challenges we're meant to be learning or overcoming Um, And so my readings are really focused on that. I look at what is the core evolutionary intention of the soul um, at like at the root of like everything that's happening in your life. What is the soul really trying to achieve and how has that looked in past life experiences and how are those patterns coming through in this life in very usually unconscious ways And we also look at trauma signatures coming in from past lives. So it's really the intention with the way I'm using astrology is really to understand the past Mm -hmm. and to understand how the past is still part of the present in deeply ingrained ways. So really just to bring more awareness and clarity to that so that people are empowered to make more conscious decisions, right. To choose differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and we talk a lot about like, what is the direction the soul is trying to move in and what does that look like? And how would you be supported in moving toward that? But that's really like the extent to which I use astrology. So like, I don't, um, I don't really look at other, you know, there's so many areas of a chart that you can really focus on, like relationships or career or whatever. And and of course, those things come up in the way that I approach a reading. But like, I don't offer readings specific to things like that, or I don't 
don't talk about transits or progressions or like what's happening in the sky currently. Um, it's really just like I'm using it as a way to to reveal very specific things to people. And then my coaching with them is focused on mm -hmm. like moving through that stuff and navigating it together. Um, but yeah, that's really just the way that I use it in that one very specific. Yeah. I love that because a lot of us, I think sometimes are looking for power outside of ourselves. We start our spiritual journey and we're looking for answers outside and astrology. I feel like is one of those tools, especially when it's that predictive astrology, right? Like this is going yeah. to happen. Here's your horoscope for the week. Be on the lookout for, you know, this, right. this, and this. Mm -hmm. So again, it's like sourcing that power outside of you. Yeah. But what I'm really hearing from you, what I think is really fascinating too, is like, this is a way to use astrology and use your, your natal chart and all of that stuff, but to source power from within, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the idea, like, I, I imagine you work with a lot of cycle breakers, like people who are trying to identify mm -hmm. these patterns and finally like make the change that is going to break that pattern or break that cycle for this lifetime. And then, you know, lifetimes going forward. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because even as somebody who, really loves astrology. I don't, I don't myself look at what's currently happening in the sky yeah. and follow because what I have found is that so many times, especially because our, our charts are so complex and nuanced and they hold, yeah, it's so specific to each of us that a lot of times what's happening energetically in the current, like the current sky, yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to affect all of us in very different ways, depending on what's going on in our chart. And so some, so many times when I'm reading like horoscopes or kind of what's happening currently, it doesn't resonate for me, but I also find that I might like attach to like, Oh, on this day, these people said I might feel this way. And, and sometimes it also becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy or like you said, outsourcing power, right? It can be, a crutch like um and and that's why i really like kind of using it more to focus on the past mm -hmm. um because well that already happened and now yeah. i'm really looking at how i can process that in a way that empowers me to create my future because that's another thing with astrology is like if well from my perspective if you're really doing it right it's not predictive it's pointing right. to possibilities mm -hmm. um and so when you really understand these kind of patterns or these cycles and what they're meant to be teaching you then you can work with yourself and your own life in a way that allows you to guide and direct the yeah. future and of course like there's so many things that happen outside of our control it's not like it's not like this gives you control over the events that you will experience, mm -hmm. but it allows you to, yeah, to be with those events in a more empowered way, right? Yeah. To really approach them from an I, empowered place. I have like a personal experience with this, actually. Like you and I are recording just a couple of days after the Lionsgate portal. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, so the listeners are hearing this a few weeks after that, but um with this idea of like outsourcing power and then sourcing the power from within and things like that, Lionsgate, and you might be able to tell me why from my chart, it's very significant for me. It like shit just always happens for me on this portal. Like if things are going to change, if things are going to shift, especially like 2021's Lionsgate, we had a Uranus like square. I, I'm not an astrologer. So something was going on with Uranus too, which is like the surprise planet. And holy crap, like my entire life changed on 8-7 of 2021. Um, and so, but before the, the before me would have been looking for that Lionsgate power, like, oh, portal, please transport me to this next place. Like the energies are around, you know, and instead now I'm able through my spiritual journey to be like, okay, this is a potential time for a transition, et cetera. What do I want to work on in my own being? What do I want to work on energetically inside myself? And if abundance is a, a, you know, the energetics are supporting abundance right now, for instance, how do I cultivate that in myself first 
it's more like rather than being sucked through the portal, I'm choosing to step into a portal kind of thing. And I know transits aren't your thing, but it, as you're talking, this is kind of like a like a real world example for me for how right. I have grown in my on my spiritual path. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because I really do think that yeah, as you said, I really think it is so common to look to these tools to kind of give us the answer mm-hmm. or to or to be, you know, like tell me what to do, that kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. And and to really like tune in to what is happening within and then be aware of like how you can work with that based on what's mm-hmm. going on, but not like using it almost like in this dependent way, right? Exactly, exactly. And so I can see kind of from what you woven in the beginning of the conversation, how using it in this way, using astrology in this evolutionary way um, mm-hmm. contributes to the rest of your work of truth equaling purpose. And you know, if we're diving into the truth of the past of your chart, what is that unveiling? What is that unraveling? And then can you take us through the journey of how what you might see in someone's chart reveals some of this and then how that unlocks truth, which then unlocks purpose? Yeah. (laughs) So mm, I will start, I'm going to now tell you a little bit about my purpose paradigm framework because I think it would lead into the answer to your question. Um, And so from my perspective and kind of what my my work and my offers are based on is this thing that I have named the purpose paradigm framework, which is really that we have almost these three different types of purpose. And I I still don't really know what the best word to use is because I don't think types is great, but mm-hmm. they're almost like these layers and they're all interconnected, like interrelated. They feed into one another. They build off of one another. Um, And so I think our core purpose, really like what we're all here for is to return to our truth Mm -hmm. and, and to our Mm self-sovereignty and then our soul's purpose, I think is really kind of how we do that. It's really navigating all of the different things through conditioning and programming and societal expectations and the way we were raised, like all of these different years that have created this disconnection from our truth. Mm -hmm. Um, I really think that's what our soul's purpose is, is Mm -hmm. to, is to peel back those layers of conditioning to return to that truth. Mm -hmm. And then our life's purpose is the expression of that truth. And it's simply like just to be who we are. And I think when we're really living from like that authentically aligned place that we are making the world a better place, like Mm -hmm. through our, our gifts and our unique essence. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my, like with soul sessions, that's where I have the astrology offering that is really focused on the soul's purpose. Right. And really becoming clear on like, what are the things that have disconnected me from my truth and my sovereignty and how have they, that, how has that disconnection played out? What is the purpose of that disconnection? Because actually like whatever we're experiencing, right. It is propelling us toward our truth when we allow ourselves to move in the direction of our resistance. Um, And so that's what we're really doing with soul sessions, with astrology, it's the soul's purpose. And then I kind of have like a different, I guess, like stream or line of offerings. It's really focused on the life purpose and really like, how do we live our truth and express it in the world? And and Mm -hmm. what does that look like for us in terms of creating impact and changing people's lives for the better? And how do we do that? Does one journey need to happen before the other? Like, do you need to discover soul purpose before you can live life purpose? Can they happen at the same time? Do you find people arrive at this from certain angles? Yeah, I think they're very, um, yeah, like happening at the same time. It's kind of this, I mean, because we're constantly, I think, moving through and navigating the pieces that are required for both sort of quote unquote paths, which is really, it's one path, but you know, there's like these different components to it. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's so many people that are really focused, I think on like the life's purpose, what am I here to do and to right. contribute? 
And then once they start moving down that path, then it's like all the self-doubt and the fears and the limiting beliefs and the resistance, like all of that stuff comes to the surface. And then it's great to like explore that, right? With the soul's purpose work, um, or you kind of maybe begin with the soul's purpose work and then it helps to provide clarity of like how to move toward the life purpose work. And yeah, I just, it's really just like this, this blanket, I guess, where a tapestry where all the we the threads are woven together and interconnected. Yeah, this uh I don't, we can call it a download, whatever. This while you were talking, I just received the idea of like like when we feel those synchronicities, those like moments of like magic, it's almost like that's when the life and soul path are like touching, right? Like mm-hmm. when they when they've crossed and you're really like sitting in the truth of both of those things at the same time. It's like Oh, you know, like that's just what came for me when you were talking. So I think that's kind of neat. Yeah. (laughs) So how, okay. We've talked a little bit about what is blocking the truth or, Mm -hmm. you know, these social conditionings and stuff. And we talk a lot about this on the show of, you know, patriarchal conditioning has really suppressed the feminine. Um, And so what do you find Do you find any in your work, is there a masculine energy component or a feminine energy component? Is there a a time to act and a time to receive or open or how are you guiding people through, through that? Mm -hmm. So in terms of that, I think what comes up most often, I suppose, um, is really looking at kind of wounding that people have around the feminine or the masculine based on that usually comes up when I'm doing a chart reading and we explore kind of themes or issues connected to the mother father figure Mm -hmm. um and so a lot of times like for example something I've seen quite often is that there will be some kind of emotional deprivation or emotional insecurity that's really connected to the relationship with the mother Mm -hmm. and that that becomes almost this wound that then is reflected in how the person perceives or engages with feminine energy Mm -hmm. Um, and then on the other hand in a more masculine sense a lot of times what comes up through I don't know a quote-unquote father wound is really more about like kind of the separation between love and authority or having yeah just this feeling of like somebody was trying to control me or oppress me in Mm -hmm. some way and now that is created um, this kind of negative relationship with the masculine. Are you finding these wounds in the, in the natal chart? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So where are you looking at like Saturn for father or like where, where, if somebody is able to read their own chart, where might they look? Yeah. So I'm really looking like exactly at Saturn. Um, and, and also sometimes, the sun, uh, Mm -hmm. for the father and then the moon, um, for the mother. Mm -hmm. And then of course we can also look at some things that are happening in like the fourth or the 10th house. And it's funny because actually some, yeah, some astrologers kind of use these things differently. So some people, some people look to the fourth house for the mother, but others look there for the father. And then the same with the 10th, like, Mm -hmm just depends on, I guess, like training. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I primarily, primarily I work with the moon for the mother and Saturn for the father. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you're reading charts, are you bringing, like, are you more in an analytical state of mind or are you in an intuitive state of mind? I'm more coming from an intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. Because I imagine like, let's say the fourth and the 10th, like you might be sitting with somebody and you've been trained, oh, fourth house is father. But then like you're reading for somebody and you're like, no, I really want to go here instead. Yeah. So there's some intuitive call, like, you know, I, again, very basic astrology understanding for me, but it does sometimes feel like there's rules, like this is what you do for this. And this is what you do for this. But it sounds like you're bringing, like you may be informed of the rules, but you're also bringing intuitive inferences along with maybe the structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that would be masculine and feminine too. The masculine would be the rules, the container, here's how to read a chart. And then the feminine energy would be like, 
And I'm also going to see what my wisdom is bringing here, what my intuition is bringing here. Yeah, exactly. And I really do try to balance those. So I always prepare before reading, like I'll outline this huge thing of notes and I'll kind of write out questions that I, that I feel are relevant. And I think that's really like the masculine, right? The Mm -hmm, structure. Absolutely. And then once I'm in it, and I'm getting better about this because in the beginning, I think I relied more on that masculine and there was a lack mm-hmm. of self-trust there, you know, mm-hmm. and I was really, yeah, I was almost like, well, what if my, what I think is my intuition isn't right. And and that had come through also like from some experiences that had really ruptured my self, my own self-trust. Yeah. Um, and as I've been reconnecting with that, it's easier to just be present in the reading and like, okay, I have, I have these notes and I have this thing that I can refer to, but I'm also just really tuning in and connecting with everything the person is sharing with me as well. Right. Like I'm also kind of receiving what they're saying and that is helping make connections for me as, as well as I, I mean, really it's confirmation of kind Mm -hmm. of what I'm intuitively sensing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's also been like an interesting journey for me personally. I was just going to say, it feels like a parallel process because you went through your own journey of what you are guiding the people that you're reading for in these soul sessions and then the people who take your other programs. And I think that is, I'm going off on a little rant here, but I think that's really important because like, you know, I come from a therapist background. I have all the education and all the training to be able to hold all this space, But when you're a therapist, you can't share pieces of yourself. You can't bring that wisdom into your work. You have to have this very like hard line between who you are and who the client is and all of that stuff. And that's one of the things that I think is so beautiful about this alternative type of work. What you're doing is helping people heal. It's just as valid as what you might do in therapy, but you're able to acknowledge your journey and allow your journey to inform and better your work with the people that you work with. And I just think that's so important. So again, tangent and rant, but (laughs) I love that you share that with us. That's a vulnerable moment, but it also gives everybody who's listening, like not only a chance to connect with you as a real human, but to see in their own journey that growth is important, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I'm constantly working on my own soul lessons from my chart, right? it is like a lifelong process. I don't think that, um, it's necessarily something I'm going to master, but as I move through it, I'm better equipped to support others in it as well. Well, mastery is a masculine concept. Mastery Mm -hmm. is a patriarchal concept that we're going to arrive at some penultimate point. Feminine is cyclical, feminine spirals. It acknowledges we're going to be right back where we were, (laughs) but with just a little bit more wisdom this time, a little bit more knowledge this time, right? So I think that this is so fun to unpack. Hey, sister, I've got a question. How many times in the past few days have you lost your shit at your kids or your partner, been tempted to flip someone off in traffic, felt meh about your to-do list, or sensed a disconnect from your body when you looked in the mirror. Basically, how often have you been stressed or simply going through the motions? This is the feeling we get when our feminine magic is slipping through our fingers, when we can sense our power but not quite grasp it. You might think that the answer is to run off to some spiritual retreat, to remove yourself from the triggers of everyday life, and to fully immerse yourself in divine energy. But what happens when you get back home, when you're right back in the thick of your life and your business? See, we are modern mystics, but we are not monks. We feel our spiritual best when we're communing with our ancestors at the grocery store, when we're listening to our womb wisdom at the doctor's office, when we're advocating with heart unconditional love at the parent-teacher conference, and when we're calling in our soul contracts while we make our money. We do not need to run away from the everyday stressors in our lives. What we need is to saturate them with sacredness. 
which is why I am so excited to invite you to my upcoming Sacred Living Audio Summit. I've gathered more than 20 of my closest friends to bring you some no shit wise woman advice on how to make even the most mundane moments of your everyday life feel magical. Beginning October 2nd, you'll get access to our private podcast feed where you'll find exclusive interviews with the most powerful women I know. It's going to be full of divine downloads and wisdom to help you embody your feminine path. So if you're ready to start living your most magical life yet, head on over to rootedfeminine.com sacred to join us for this exclusive event. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about what might block the truth. What do you find in terms of conditioning and wounding? What do you mm-hmm. find when your clients start to unlock, when they have the realizations, when they're unlocking the truth, you're going through the wounding, you're going through the conditioning. And then there's like, oh, I've arrived. I, I know this to be true or something. Is there mm-hmm. kind of like a moment or how does that un- unfold? Yeah. Well, what I really see is that people begin to connect dots Mm -hmm. that they never realized were connected before. And just to become aware of the root causes of things like to know, okay, I, I continually have this struggle. I constantly find myself in this pattern or this cycle, but once they really understand what that is, really rooted in like what is it really coming from and in what ways have I been trying to protect myself right I mean there's like so much to explore there um but I think it's really just that that oh like once I understand what's creating this but also like from the perspective of the soul right if we're talking about in the chart like what is the intention Mm. and why is this a a pattern you find yourself in what are you really trying to learn through that it's almost just like all these light bulb moments right like Mm. oh 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 that makes sense that makes sense and I find that people people really describe the readings as affirming and validating right that they just parts of themselves that I think haven't really been seen before um and then yeah now it's like okay well I can relate to my life experiences from a different perspective Mm -hmm. um and one where yeah that I I do feel more empowered rather than like, oh my gosh, all this stuff is just happening. It's so out of my control and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, Versus like, oh, now I realize like how to work with this energy that's present for me. Yeah. And then, so how then do we take that truth, that awareness that they've cultivated these, they've connected these dots and then we have soul purpose and we have life purpose. So does that truth then inform where they go on their purposeful path or how, what's the next step from there? Yeah. So it's, um, well, kind of what I'm building out right now is I mentioned to you when we first, we first started speaking this, um, this program that I'm developing Yeah. and my intention is for that to become almost like a next step after the soul Mm -hmm. sessions, after the reading, because what I have been doing is offering one-on-one support. Right. And that's, and that's like, okay, now I have the awareness. How am I integrating it? How am I applying it into my life? Um, But I would love to maybe move people through this program first and then come through like some Mm -hmm. one-on-one containers, but the program is called Phoenix rising. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really want to move through what I've identified as like 10 pillars of sovereign leadership, like self-sovereignty. Yeah. Um, And because so many of the things that come up again and again in readings are very connected to these themes, these pillars that I've identified. 
And so that's a way I think to move through these kinds of things we discover about ourselves, but in a container of supportive community where you realize like, oh, so many other people have also realized these things about themselves and their journey because even the themes are all so similar. They just manifest in very different ways, right? They come through for people in different ways. Um, and so I think it would be really powerful for, for people to go through this process together in a community and to see like, I'm not alone in this, like, right. and I have support as I move through this from many people and not just one. Um, and so that's kind of, where I'm moving with that. And then life, the kind of life purpose path. <laughs> I think that that is really a, more focused on kind of action and doing mm -hmm. um, and really like putting something out in the world, like creating something and more like following or making a plan to follow through with that. Right. So yeah, I, I guess maybe the life purpose is a little more masculine and the soul purpose is a little more feminine yeah. and the approach working with it um but yeah I don't even know if I answered your original question no it's good it's good it's all good and I love what you're saying here is like that there are I love the idea of the soul being um more feminine and the life being more masculine the image that came to mind was like the yin yang right like there's the white sliver with the black dot and the black sliver with the white dot and so they're they're not independent of each other right mm -hmm. they maybe have different containers but there's still an essence of one inside the other yeah. it's, it sounds like they really fit together like you mentioned a little earlier it's not like like I'm thinking in my you know Gemini mind where I'm like <laughs> everything has to be like make sense right I'm like oh well of course you do the soul work first and then you can do the life work first but hearing you know you said earlier they overlap and then again how one maybe has more of a yin and essence and one has more of a yang essence or a feminine or a masculine essence right. that they really do complement each other and they really do fit together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what, what else happens on this journey? Right. Cause it doesn't sound like it's something that again, they arrive at and it ends. Right. So is the soul, the, the soul purpose, the soul truth stuff, thinking about how you said this is evolutionary, it's not necessarily like you heard the term like written in the stars, like it's, it's mm -hmm. faded, it's destined, but I'm mm -hmm. hearing a little bit from you that there's still choice here. There's still opportunity yeah. to, to move things. So does the sole purpose, is it faded and written in the stars or is it, does it change? Does it evolve? Yeah, I, I would say that the potentials are written in the stars. Yeah. Um, but it's really what, how things unfold is really dependent upon our free will yeah. and the choice that we make. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's really with all of astrology, like even the archetypes are representative of potential possibilities mm -hmm. and people can embody those archetypes in very different ways, depending on kind of their own consciousness and awareness and spiritual evolution. So um, it really just depends. And, and I think like, yeah, you can see even with evolutionary astrology, for example, that we, most people have what are called skipped steps in their charts. Mm. So like, intention that the soul set in a previous life but didn't actually happen quote unquote reach that intention yeah. because of their awareness of the choices that they made or yeah. the way that unfolded um and so now it's like something that they're grappling with again in this life but also with like access to more personal power because mm -hmm. it's yeah they've struggled with before so um would the goal or could a goal be to go back and fill that step? Or is it just like, oh, this is something that happened now I'm going forward. Yeah. So you can see how it becomes part of the soul's purpose again in this mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. um, and we actually look to the nodes, mm -hmm. um, the south node and the north node, depending on where, like where this skips 
step is happening or what planet it's connected to, then we look to either the south or the north node to see where it, like how to integrate it in this life. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes it actually integrates through the south node, meaning that people really do need to repeat experiences and relive particular things. Um, But when the lessons integrate through the north node, um, then that's really like how the person is, is evolving and moving toward that the embodiment of, of new energies and new qualities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm absolutely getting one of these sessions. So I am <laughs> so curious because it's just, it's a different take on astrology for me. Like mm-hmm. I, I've never, I won't say never again, when I was outsourcing my power, definitely looked to a lot of that predictive stuff. Yeah. Um, but most of the astrology that I'm doing now is okay. Like again, looking at the transits, like what can I expect or what do I, what is happening and how can I best map meet that? Or how can I best prepare right. myself? So it's still inner power, but it's, there's just this curiosity of like, for me of like all this stuff that's led me here. Like, I want to know it all. Like, tell me mm-hmm. like, that's so mm-hmm. fascinating for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is really, it is really interesting. And I've had like, another thing that I love, you know, is when you almost like receive confirmation from lots of different tools or modalities or whatever, that kind of like the same. Yeah. They just kind of confirm things. And, and I have found quite often with readings that I've given that people who are really um, engaged in lots of different types of modalities for their self-exploration and spiritual development they'll say oh like well this really resonates with like this other reading I had or like this is exactly what this other person told me oh or like somebody said this to me the other day and um and even for myself like I I did an exchange with um this woman who works with the Akashic records Mm -hmm. and I did like from my approach what is your soul's purpose and then she did from her approach what is my soul's purpose which was like so interesting because again it's like everything she was sharing with me I was just like giggling because I everything I was like oh yeah well I can see this in my chart like this is my chart um and so it's just really yeah I think it's really interesting how yeah how there are just so many different reflections of like who we are and what we're here to do Mm -hmm. yeah well is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you want to make sure that the listeners hear or is there any wisdom from you that's hasn't been shared yet Mm. I think one thing that I that I'm always really intentional about sharing with people is that so often um, what comes up with when we're talking about both soul purpose and life purpose is a lot of resistance. Uh. And, And that makes sense. You know, I think a lot of times people will almost like use resistance to dismiss their dreams or, you know, like as a way to explain away like why this isn't the right path or this isn't what I'm, I should be doing maybe because it feels hard. And there is really, I think this narrative that a lot of people share that like when you're doing what you're meant to be doing and when you're really aligned, everything flows and it's easy. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is the case for some people based on kind of how energetically things are laid out for them. Um, but really what I find more consistently is that there's actually, um, kind of some tension there and some things that you really have to like, that are uncomfortable and not necessarily like moving through with ease because when we're moving in the direction, one of our soul's evolutionary intention, we're moving in the direction of what is unfamiliar and what is unknown. And that is uncomfortable, Um, Because these patterns that we're used to, like, that's the energy we're supposed to be moving away from. Um, But our patterns are familiar and they are comfortable and we know them. And so sometimes even when they're really hurting us, they feel right in a way. Um, And so, yeah, moving in the direction of the soul's intention can be very uncomfortable. And then I think it's 
same is true for the life's purpose because that is really like triggering all of our insecurities, right? To really, to be seen for who we are and, and to have what we create in the world be a reflection of who we are. And then if we take everything so personally, you know, like all these things come up. And so I think like, again, in, in that case, resistance is very normal because we're experiencing very uncomfortable things. Do you find how... Do you find the resistance manifests as fear? Is it tracing back to some of this wounding or some of this conditioning? Like what, where is the resistance coming from? And do you, do you look for that in the chart? Like how to, how to work through the resistance? Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely think it's so often rooted in a lot of fear Mm -hmm. and a lot of protective mechanisms that have been developed over time, even over across lifetimes, right? The ways that people try to keep themselves safe. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, because even when we look at the soul's core evolutionary intention, like really what is the soul trying to achieve? That is connected to the planet Pluto, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, which embodies a a lot of different things, but can also include, you know, destruction and death and rebirth and, Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, like resistance comes up a lot through that. I mean, that's the main, you'll find like the main main desire of the soul is actually the thing that people are the most resistant to and also are the most unaware of um consciously Mm. oh gosh okay again another reason that i'm getting one of these (laughs) sessions and you know again drawing a parallel between your work and my work it's like i see very similar things come up when people want to start working with their feminine Mm. Oh yeah. I'll play around with maiden and sure. Mother feels good. And if I'm going to get a little on the dark side, I'll go to seductress because sexy is okay. Right. Mm. But when we're talking like freaking Kali, who's ripping your life apart with like life-changing soul fire, or we're talking about like, you know, um, the energies of sacred rage, right. And things like that. A lot of people don't want to look at those types of feminine that are just as powerful, just as valid, Um, but they don't feel maybe comfortable or they don't feel maybe like, um, safe for sure. And then of course we go to the idea of like the conditioning, like what have we been conditioned that, that the feminine is useful for, right. Mm -hmm. Having babies and nurturing babies. And then of course to have babies, you have to have sex. So we're allowed to be like, I don't know why the word freaky came to mind. I don't use that, but like (laughs) in the bedroom, but we can't let anybody know about that outside the bed. Like, you know, so there's so much there around what is okay to explore. And I'm hearing Mm. that in, in your work as well of like, okay, this feels okay, but this feels almost taboo or off limits. And it sounds like the real answers come when, when your people, your clients are willing to go into that unlimited off limits territory. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Lena, this has been so great. I've loved this conversation. Again, I'm definitely getting a soul session or two or three. (laughs) Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about where to find you? Um, Of course, in the show notes, you'll find all these links. But um, if you want to let us know what you have going on, um, tell us about soul sessions, the Phoenix Rising, and anywhere else you want people to check out. Um, Yeah, so I am just... What was I going to say? Um, oh yeah, I am pretty much only active on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and so people can find me there. It's Lena Papadopoulos, Lena underscore Papadopoulos. And then of course my website where my offerings are homed, housed. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's where people can find out more about soul sessions. And then I also have, um, well, kind of the life purpose piece, this mm-hmm. purpose clarity intensive, which I'm also mm-hmm. turning into a do it yourself course that's going to come out this next week. Love it. Um, and Phoenix Rising, as I mentioned before, this is like a group container to really walk through these 10 pillars of self sovereignty. Um, and that I'm about in a week from now. 
I will be sharing all the details of that, but we're going to start the first week of October. Yeah. Um, so by so, the yeah. time this goes live, it'll be perfect timing because I think this is coming out in September. So you guys will be able to um, check out all of Lena's work and it'll be like aptly timed for you guys to join in on some of these offerings. Yeah. And I think, uh, I haven't 100% decided, but I think I'm also going to include like soul sessions as an early bird bonus for mm. Phoenix rising, because I think they complement each other so yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I definitely see that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for sharing your wisdom. I've, my eyes have definitely been opened into a new paradigm and a new way of thinking about astrology in particular, but also in, I really, my biggest takeaway was kind of the life path and soul path um, mm -hmm. and how they're, they're different, but also complementary. And I really loved that. I'm going to take that into my work as well. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. That was just like, so good. I found myself so lit up by that conversation. The wheels in my brain were just turning and turning. And she sparked not only like intellectual curiosity in me, but definitely some body curiosity, my womb space, getting in touch with my intuition. That was definitely online during this conversation. And I am going to be buying one of those soul sessions, if not many for myself, because I think there's so much wisdom here. And I had never thought about using astrology as more of a oracle of the past, right? I've always looked at astrology as an oracle of the present and even sometimes an oracle of the future, but this past lens was just fascinating to me. So I hope that you got a lot out of this episode. Again, Lena is going to be one of the presenters at the Sacred Living Summit. If you want to hear more from her and all of the other wise women who will be contributing their wisdom to the event, go ahead and register, save your spot. It's all audio. So you don't have to tune into videos. You'll be able to listen to it on at your convenience when you're at the gym, at the, you know, on your hikes, you know, whatever you can definitely take all of these wise wisdom women on the journey with you. So to go ahead and get your spot for the summit and get access to all of these interviews, you're going to want to go ahead and register over at rootedfeminine.com slash sacred. All right. I will see you guys next week. Well, I'll be in your earbuds next week. I'll be spending sacred time with you next week. Um, and I will see you next time here in temple space. Thank you so much for listening to Rooted Feminine. For show notes, links, downloads, head over to rootedfeminine.com slash podcast, where you'll be able to build a deeper relationship with me and the show, as well as sink into all past episodes. If you loved what you heard today, it would be so kind of you to share it with your divine feminine friends, subscribe to the show, and even leave a review. Cannot wait to connect with you next week.